Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker Studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you and welcome. Today is an interview with Matthew Sembrat. He is up in Maine and he brings us a patient's perspective on healthcare. Of course, this is part of the Patient's Perspective Interview Marathon that set a Guinness World Record. It is number 42 in the series, and I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Matthew Sembrat. Welcome to the podcast. Matt, I love you and everything, but you're not getting hugs like Jesse and Miranda got, okay? (laughs) How are you, Rob? I am well, thanks. How are you? Oh, it's great seeing you. Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm I'm doing just fine. <laughs> good. Um, and just for um, for my listeners who are on audio only, um, sure. your name is Matt Sembrat. Okay. And Matt, where are you joining us from? I'm actually joining you from Bangor, Maine, in my nephew's bedroom. <laughs> uh, fantastic. It's the quiet, the quietest place in the house. I can see that he's got clouds on his ceiling. So <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Well. I was up visiting my sister. Um, my mom came up for Mother's Day. We surprised her. My brother came up with me. And so all three siblings are here uh, spending Mother's Day with my sister and my mom. Uh, what a wonderful thing to do. I'm sure yeah. that uh, both of them appreciate it thoroughly. Um, they did. And, and, yep. Yeah, they did. Uh, so <laughs> good stuff. Um, so, Matt, let's just jump right into this, okay? Sure. And the easy question for you is um, – can you tell me about yourself and your experiences in healthcare? Okay, so you know, I come I come to the the healthcare arena and from a couple couple different avenues. Um, I'm in IT, and I've been an IT guy for as long as I can remember, and I have a lot of clients in all aspects of the medical community. Um, so I, I come at it from you know um, a connecting an office to the network. Uh, or to the internet, to making sure they're secure, to making sure their medical records are secure, to make sure that they can conduct their business uh, in a in a in a manner that's compliant with all the regu- rules and regulations they are responsible for. So I'm more on the IT and the infrastructure side uh, from a profession, and I do all kinds of um, facilities, from dental offices to you know dock in the boxes to hospitals to uh, medical rec- record keeping companies. Um, to everything in between in terms of it being IT related. At one point I did a, a ton of dental work for some reason. I just found myself working with periodontists and dentists and, um, and enjoy, enjoyed that work. So I, I come at it uh, from a professional perspective from that side of the equation. And from a personal perspective, you know, I, I, I receive healthcare like everybody. I get sick like everybody. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've, um, you know, I've been treated for AD, ADD, ADHD. I've had surgery for diverticulitis. I've had um, you know, other various diagnostic procedures for a heart ailment that I've had. So I have, um, you know, I have some experience with, with being a patient and then having sure. two, two sons who have had a myriad of, of issues, you know, starting with croup through asthma and allergies and, <laughs> and everything else. So, um, you know, in, in my family is, is much the same way. You know, I've got brothers and sisters that have kids that may have some ailments um, and they have their own experiences in the, in the healthcare systems. 
both locally, you know, in Pennsylvania and where we lived, but um, in this case, you know, in Bangor, Maine, or in Tennessee, or in Dallas, Texas, where my brother lives. Sure. Um, so, Matt, you've you've had a long and varied journey. Maybe long. You're not old enough to have had a long journey, but we'll we'll just say <laughs> well, that you've you. had. Thank you. I appreciate that comment, but yeah. I'm getting there. <laughs> um, you've had an extensive journey through the healthcare community. Along the way, have you met any healthcare heroes? You know, I have. And I actually took some notes on this as well in preparation for for us talking. Um, And and so, yeah, I do have some some healthcare heroes and and they are uh, my cousin, Michael, for example, who is a ICU nurse at St. Clair Hospital. hospital. My PCP, uh, Dr. Amy Marmel, who has been, um, unfortunately, is retired now. The staff at United Cerebral Palsy, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the people that I worked with there who did amazing, amazing work and sometimes thankless hard work for, for years. And of course, a pharmacy, a pharmacist that's close to me that early on when I had children that were you know, sick um, helped me out a ton just by being available and being around for those middle of the night <laughs> asthma runs or, or, or whatever else it was. But you know, um, my cousin, for example, uh, is an ICU nurse, and he is he is so dedicated to his patients and so dedicated to the care and continuing education. It's it's actually amazing to watch him work. And I've had I've gone to other doctors who have asked unsolicited, you know, are you relatives of Michael Sembrad? And and of, and of, you know, of course I am. He's my cousin. And then I right. get to hear how you know he touched their lives uh, just by the quality of nurse that he is and how much he cares about his patients. I had a woman in my running group come up to me and said, you know, my mother just passed and I believe your cousin was the nurse that was with her for the week before she passed. And um, she said, you know, he was just amazing and was a comfort to the family for the, the work that he provided. So th- those kind of people and my own PCP who took just a very active role in my care, you know, she, she was um, uh, very engaged with the diagnostic process. She was very engaged with listening to what was going on with me and, figuring out some of the more complex issues, like when I, you know, I ended up with an enlarged heart. Uh, and it wasn't, I never felt at any point in time that she was just trying to get me through that appointment to get me out the door to get the next person in. You know, she clearly took a vested interest in, in my, in my healthcare. And, and subsequently I stuck with her until, until she retired. Um, she was amazing. So I would consider those two heroes for sure. And then my pharmacist, you know, he, he would come to my house all hours of the night. He would go open the pharmacy for me to get a medication I needed for my wife or one of my kids. Um, early on, you know, when his pharmacy was just starting up. And even after he got big, he never, you know, he never lost that touch with, with any of us. And, and even today I can still call him and he's got you know, 50 or 60 employees, but he'll still make time to swing by the house and drop something off. And it's those kind of people. I think when you're in crisis mode that, um, that they, they stand out because they're willing to get in the trench with you uh, and they're willing to, to, um, uh, to, to make sure that you're, you know, pointed in the right direction or getting the care that you need before they, you know, they, they call it a night. So, to speak. so yeah. those are my health. My pro- and of course, literally all the people that I worked with um, at, at UCP, uh, they were all amazing folks from Al to, to yourself, to Melva, to all those, those, those hearts that, um, uh, that touched me uh, uh, during that, my tenure there. Um, you know, they did some some pretty amazing selfless work, and, and they for sure are my my mind healthcare heroes. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I think that what you've laid out is a really great kind of framework for not just who are the healthcare heroes, but what makes them 
healthcare heroes. And that's, yeah. that's impressive. Uh, what does quality healthcare mean to you? So, you know, I thought a lot about that, that question too. And I kind of gone in a variety of directions with my answers initially, um, which, cause it ever, it seemed to be an ever evolving answer to your question. As I was thinking about this interview, as we were leading up to it. Um, and I was thinking about, you know, what does quality healthcare, healthcare mean to me and how do I overlay the current offerings within healthcare on top of that and what settles to the bottom, right? What, what, it, what, what, what does it actually mean? Um, and I, I, I kind of decided that I wanted to, to describe it um, in, in what a perfect world, what it would be. So in, in my perfect world. So, you know, healthcare to me should be affordable and accessible and inclusive, high quality, um, collaborative, um, meaningful, you know, trustworthy, proactive, <laughs> and available to everybody in the community that it services. So, so you know, everybody in its in its sphere of influence should have equal access to all aspects of of that of that healthcare. So, quality healthcare me means quality of results too. So, you know, how how do we treat the tough cases? How do we treat the tough folks? How do we treat the, the people that may be afflicted for the rest of their life and care for them until, you know, until their, their, uh, their time runs out. Um, and also, you know, part of that would be wishing boundaries didn't exist between the providers. So, you know, a person can go to any doctor in any hospital and any specialist and receive the same type of care and quality of care, cost of care that they would receive from within their own little boundaries of, of networks. You know, I had a, I had a situation just recently where I referred somebody to a doctor who is amazing. I mean, she's just, she's wonderful. And, um, and, they, and they ended up not being able to participate with that doctor because it was quote unquote out of their, their network sphere. And it would have cost something like $250 per visit just for them to see them independent of their copay. So wow. it became, yeah, it became financially impossible for that person to get access to somebody that I felt pretty confident. I'm not a doctor, but felt pretty confident would be the right fit for that type of patient. So, you know, in my in my perfect healthcare world, whatever the back end mechanism that would be needed to allow that to happen would be there, and it would you wouldn't penalize a person for wanting to seek out the best um, person and best set of solutions that they could for what they're dealing. Yep, uh, I, a well thought out answer. So <laughs> thanks for that. Yeah. Oh, and, and the, the other lady that was on before me. She'd made a point that I'm going to reiterate, but having, you know, all the doctors that would be in your care automatically getting access and notified of tests and treatments and drug prescriptions and, and all that stuff. You know, I see a cardiologist and, and they're in their wall and they do their blood work and that blood work, unless I specify should go to my PCP, isn't sent there. And then maybe, a you know, a series of tests that should have been run as part of that overall blood work wasn't run because it wasn't in the cardiologist's scope of work. So it just... And then I got to go get blood again. And anybody that knows me knows that I'm scared to death of needles. So the less needle action I can receive, the better. <laughs> right. So like, that, you know, you add that onto the list. I, I think that would be a, an unbelievable, an unbelievable addition, you know, to, to sure. the, my healthcare vision. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. I learned a statistic today that I was not aware of. Um, I had uh, a gentleman named Adam Homie on, and um, he had the technical name for it, but he was sharing that, he is petrified of needles. Yeah. And um, Adam, I'm with you. <laughs> yep. So here's my here's my question for you. Can you, you want to take a guess at how many people in the United States share that same fear? I, I, I don't, but uh, hopefully it'll be all of them. <laughs> I, so um, there are 50 million people who 
um, who would classify themselves as having at least as more than a mild fear of uh, of needles, which of needles. I, I I think that you're correct in that everybody has a fear of needles. It's yeah. rare that someone's that. like, oh, oh, please <laughs> stick me, right? Yeah, I know. Really, next, I'll take the largest one you have. <laughs> yes. Um, so good. Um, I will apologize on this. I, I don't think I asked you this question, but I will. Sure. Uh, Go ahead. Um, did I ask you, what do you wish your medical providers understood about you? No, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. And I, I have an, I have an answer for that too. So, um, so I think it's, it's more, and it's not, it's not what they're understanding currently. It's how I wish they would get to understand me better and, you know, more proactive collaboration amongst my team or any team provided with my care, um, that they could look at my, you know, past current health status treatments holistically communicate with each other and proactively guide me through this journey. Um, having someone look at my previous issues and say, okay, you have X, your blood type is Y, your genetic medic, me, genetic makeup is Z, your family predisposition is R, you know, and whatever other markers that they're paying attention to, you should be eating this, you should be doing this type of exercise, you should be looking out for this, and then schedule my appointments um, for me to follow. So build that plan so I can follow it out. And pieces of this exist today, for sure. But it's more on me to draw it out of them than it is for them to say, hey, we've studied this a little bit, spent a little bit of time. Um, and, you know, we, we, we know the, the pieces of the quilt that are stitched together now. And here's what we feel, you know, your plan should be and your path should, should be moving forward. So, you know, I, I think I wish my providers had a better understanding of what the other providers I'm seeing knew. <laughs> Does that make sense? So like, yeah, my yeah. PCP does a pretty good job of collecting this stuff, but she has to pull it in. It's not proactively given to her, you know? And uh, my, the guy that did my diverticulitis surgery has to go and extract the stuff from the guy that did the colonoscopies, you know? So it's like, I, I wish it was more seamless and they knew more about me and could say to you, Hey Matt, you know, we, we get this. We understand from a history perspective and a genetics perspective what you're predisposed to. We understand what your health, you know, track used to look like. And here's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, it, so, Matt, I was actually just complaining to one of, or at least mentioning to one of my other folks that wow. I am. That for me, I say, does that make sense? Or I say that makes a lot of sense, a lot more than I would really like to. So yeah. um, you're asking me, does that make sense? And I'm like, oh, he's trying to bait me in to say, oh, that makes a lot of sense because that's apparently been my go-to catchphrase today. Yeah, I love it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's fantastic. Um, and last question for you, Matt, is um, what is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of healthcare? So, you know, that was a, a tough one to answer as well, because you look at the categorizing just one thing, right? And all of a sudden your mind blows up with about 50 things that you would love to see them do. But I'm, I'm going to take a, to take a stab at it with the one. I think if I have to pick one attribute, it would be time. You know, take more time to look at a patient as a loved one or family. Uh, pour into them the same level of compassion, concern, and desire to heal than you would that you would for your own family members. You know, take more time to study me as a patient, get to know me, become my advocate, 
take time with the health insurance companies on a patient's behalf to advocate for appropriate testing and diagnostic procedures that may not be initially uh, um, covered that the patient ends up having to advocate them for themselves for. You know, and I get doctors' time is valuable, and they will they will go so far in terms of advocating for you. But it, and it's up to you as the patient to take it further. You know, focus on the success of your practice being. Um, a measurement of the overall health of the collective of people that you deal with and and how how often you have been able to bring them to you know healthy uh healthy um uh outcomes then then maybe how the practice is profitable financially for example so i i like the idea of time i like the idea of of um you know taking more of a, a vested interest in the, the patient's outcome soup to not and that requires that aspect of time to be more available for these people to, uh, uh, to, to take with us, uh, you know, all of us as individual patients to learn us. Sure. Um, Matt, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you sharing and I respect your perspective on healthcare. Thank uh, you. Oh, you bet. Thanks for listening to Perspectives on Healthcare. Visit PerspectivesOnHealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.